Hi, I'm Joshua Rump. I currently play for Reading FC and have played for Wigan, Shrewsbury, Hartlepool, Brentford and QPR. Let's start with this season, Josh. Being a big one for you with Reading, how have you settled into the championship? Uh, I like to think quite well. Um, it's been a, it's been something I've looked forward to for for a while. I've been trying to get into this league and obviously playing this league. One player as a player, you want to play in the highest league possible. And I've been in League One for a few seasons before this, so getting into the championship was a, a big step for me. So when I had the chance to to play in this season with Reading, I. Uh, really relished it and I think I made a step up quite well and look forward to it. So when we talk about sort of big seasons and how the season's been, obviously we've had COVID, no no fans, etc. How 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 much has that impacted you joining the club? Because being a new player at a club, you know, you want to get in front of the fans quite early. So it's almost quite it's quite difficult to develop a bit of a um I guess I don't know, a, a relationship with them. Yeah, of course. Uh, the first thing you want to do, you want to make an impression at a club when you come into a club, and that's with you know your coaching staff, your teammates, everyone that works in the club, and then obviously the fans. This is all a collective. You don't really get a second chance to make a first impression. So it was difficult, but um, our fans are good. They support us very well, and they get behind us. So um, it it wasn't that hard in the end. But uh, yeah, it, it was a bit different, and you, I have missed having fans in in the ground a lot. How much do they help? Because I, again, being being a supporter myself, it, you can almost say, does it really impact teams and, and games? But you know, if a game's close, for example, or if you if you're being bombarded in the last ten minutes, do the fans really help in that scenario? Hundred percent. I think we missed them personally. I think we missed them towards the end of the season, last sort of. Eight ten games when we were really pushing to get into the playoffs, we need that little extra five ten percent to just fall into to the top six. I think they would have been important for us, especially at home. And I'm sure they'll have followed us away as well. But in big games, you know, when we're chasing games, when we need the goal or when we need to hold on to games, just to give us that extra little push and that extra support, it does give you a kick. You know, whether to hold on to a lead or or whether you're there and you're chasing a goal, it gives you an extra kick to go and chase mm. it. And also, I feel it, it does have an effect on other teams. It makes them a bit more nervous. I've been there when you're you're one nil up away, uh, ground, and the the team home team's pushing, and the fans are really getting behind them. And you can feel the energy. You can feel like the other team got a, got a buzz. So it, it's not easy to deal with. So I think it has been missed a lot, especially for us towards the end. I guess hindsight is is is, is a wonderful thing, as they say. Would they have helped? Reading get over the line into the playoffs do you think would it have been that extra boost that the team needed at such a pivotal time in the season uh, I'd like to say yeah I think so I think towards the end we sort of ran out of steam a little bit I think um, we were running hard as as a team and as, as individual and as players but maybe lacked a little bit of a burst if that makes sense a little bit of intensity and I think fans do give you that it gives you a lift you know that adrenaline that 
that speed in your heart rate to go and really push and get there first to a ball and really push. So I do think it does make a difference and it can, the fans can be the difference in that little 5% that you need. I think that's what we missed out on. We missed an extra 5% towards the end and, and sometimes that, that can come from you know an individual and a player or someone around the training ground or something like the fans and I think we had it we, we got a lot out of each other throughout the season we just didn't have it from the fans mm. no fault of their own just weird circumstances So going on to yourself and, and this season did you expect to win player of the season? It's quite a, a strange question but obviously your form has been pretty consistent all the way through and with Reading this season, you've had some players like Lucas Shaw and Michael Elise have just been unreal. So coming to the end of the season, was it something that you thought you'd be in line-up or was it just a really nice surprise? Uh, no, I was surprised, to be honest. Like you said, we've got a lot of good players in our squad. I mean, Ovi is a very talented footballer. John Swift, I think, is unbelievable, who missed heavily this year. But as you say, Lucas Shaw and, and Michael have been unbelievable throughout Um Lucas, we can't count how many times he's he's carried us over the line this year and, and, and won us games, and the same with Michael as well. So uh, it was a big surprise and uh, something that was a big honour to me and uh, I'm very proud of and very grateful to the fans and the club for. Do you think attackers get too much credit? Are you happy to fly the flag for the more defensively-minded players? Um, no, I don't think they get too much credit. I think <laughs> I'm the hardest... Uh, jobs in football is to score goals for one of the hardest things to do so I don't think they get too much credit but it is nice for you know us defenders more defence-minded players who are, who have their back to get a bit of credit sometimes So going back to the, the season overall we, we we talked about sort of getting over the line for Reading 7th place is, is a good finish but are you happy with how it went in general because the, the party line with Reading in previous seasons has been replaced the manager after a few games, struggle for the rest of the season. But really what they've shown is that they've got a bit of grit. They've got quality in the team. So is a seventh place finish um, not a success, but a step to building something? Definitely think it's a step in the right direction. You know, the boys spoke to me about, you know, previous seasons and, uh, and had said, you know, this, this is different for us. With last three, two or three seasons, we've been sort of fighting relegation. So, you know, to be in this position where we sort of had six games to go and was fighting to stay in the top six, they were like, look, we're not usually in this position, so let's register this and go for it. So I do think it's a definite step in the right direction and a positive step. Um, disappointing, very disappointing, I think. We uh, fell short of our target and probably fell short of what we we should have achieved, but had no right to really achieve it, to be honest. And uh, you just hope that next season we can... We can do it again, you know, but hopefully go a step or two further. It, it's a, we've got to stay there now. We can't just sort of doing it for one year. You've got to keep doing it until you reach your target. So it's, it's even more impressive, I think, in, from a neutral perspective, finishing seventh, given how unsettled the preseason was. Obviously, before a ball was kicked, Mark Bowen brought you in. He described you as a young, hungry, vibrant energetic midfielder but left a month later so I think the first question is was that disappointing for you on a personal level and the second question is how did that impact your thought process on on playing games because we've seen managers bring players in and then they go and you know the the players can think oh I'm not going to get in now uh yeah it was um it was strange for me because obviously Mark had brought, brought me in told me what he expected from me from his players from his team what he wanted how he wanted to play I was going to set up, you know, he spoke to me for 
on and off for virtually half a year so I knew exactly what he wanted from me and what to do and then for him to go so after two three weeks was a was a big shock and you know it, it did leave me in a weird place I didn't know whether the new manager could come in and, and not like me we could have easily thought well he's from league one you know he hasn't played there he's inexperienced at this level he might have went a different direction or you know there was a point I'll be honest I thought to myself new manager comes in he might not know me or know enough about me or like me I could be out alone again within a month or two so mm. there was a lot of unexpectancy but in the first sort of few days but um, yeah when a new manager came in to be fair you, you just get your head down and you had to just get on with it and, and, and trust him really and uh, that's exactly what I did what did you guys make of the the, the Panovic appointment? Just just from a from an outsider's point of view, we we, we thought we we were skeptical just because his his previous experience was in the MLS, but he's turned out to be a very good manager. And some of the football played counter attacking, it was brilliant. And he's got the best out of Lucas Shaw for uh, and yourself as well. So yeah, what the what the outside thoughts on on Panovic when he came in? Um, honestly, when everything was first going on, no one really knew what was happening. We heard a few like sort of whispers that. Mark could be going, mm. as you do at, at football clubs, um, and no one really knew who, you know, the boss was when he was being linked or when he came in, and uh, we had to fly out to Portugal to meet him because he couldn't come straight to the country because of course, yeah, quarantine. So we had to meet him sort of in a in a country where we could all sort of get together and uh, and train. So we had to go to Portugal. He done a lot to go to Portugal as well. Fair play to him. So no one knew what to expect, really. And, you know, even after, it takes a while to, to get to know a manager and, and for him to know us. We didn't know really to expect, even after the first day or two. But um, as you say, he turned out to be unbelievable. And probably, like, no one knows what Mark could have done. I'm sure he would have done really well, but the boss has been fantastic. And I think with everyone individually and as a team, he's brought us all together. He's got us all going in the right direction. And as you say, he's got the best out of players. I mean, mm. not Lucas and myself, Michael, Omar Richards, uh, Tom McIntyre, Tom Holmes. He's got a lot of youngsters in there. He's got the best out of and I think that's down to him. It's down to the trust that he puts in his players and the belief he puts into us. So we we didn't know a lot about him, but I think yeah, I think everyone knows enough about him now to know how good he is as a, as a manager. Mm. Did he change much? Because um, obviously with, with Mark Bowen, he, he was really setting the foundations for for the club, and I was. I think we well, we initially were skeptical of his appointment when he when Mottbeam was first appointed, but he sort of changed our minds a little bit and stabilised Reading. So did 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 Valko Panovic change a lot when when he came in, or is it just a case of let's just keep going with the formula that we've got? Uh, not so much changing. It was more sort of doing his things. You know, as you say, Mark had his foundations and what he wanted to do. The boss sort of come in and and wanted to, has his own sort of style and his sort of way and what he wanted, and uh, so I don't think it would change. That at the end of the day, the end goal was the same. It was just how we got there was a little bit was a little bit different, a little bit tweaked, just because you know two different managers have two different styles and cultures, mm. what they want to do. So um, it wasn't a massive change, but yeah, there there was some changes that he he had to make. Um, just to be the, the star and to suit the way how he wanted us to be every day in and out of the place. So, yeah, I mean, it was adjusting too. We had a lot of meetings. 
to start off with. He knew he was giving us a lot of information, but he, he didn't have a lot of time to, to give it to us because, you know, he only, probably only had two, three weeks. Hmm. So sort of learning. He was learning us and we were learning him sort of on the job, really. We were starting the season, you know, two, three games in, still having loads of meetings to sort of teach each other about ourselves and what he expected from us and what we would expect from him and his coaching staff. So we were learning on the job and, and sort of growing together throughout the season. And uh, I think it showed. I think uh, we started off our house on fire and uh, we sort of broke down a little bit. And so we had to regroup. But then we, we got better and better each game goes. So I think it shows. So, uh, yeah, you don't have to, to change a lot, but obviously you have to change things to do it his way. I find that quite incredible that the fact that you weren't you know, properly sort of, um, I don't know what the word is. It wasn't as cohesive at the start. It's probably the wrong choice of words. You were still getting to know each other, essentially. And the fact that you started the season the way you did, nine games and being eight wins in that nine games, I find that absolutely incredible. So I, I guess how did, you know, what, what, what were the words to inspire that sort of run? Because as you say, you were still having meetings trying to get to know each other and get the best out of each other. I think uh, a lot comes down to him. You know, his, his desire his passion for the game, his his levels of, and commitment of, of wanting to win. I mean, he had ideas that seemed crazy, I'll be honest, at the time that would work in games. Um, a lot of commitment, desire and want to win and passion and togetherness were sort of key words that he come in today, every day of training with a, a huge commitment and a huge enthusiasm that spread around the place and um, he'd admit it himself he'd say to us look I'm crazy and he really was but it was a good crazy it was a crazy that spread around the place and, and mm. got us together real quick and got us fighting for each other very early and I think um, that's what what pushed us to go on on that run of games was it was it came from him it came from his desire and his want to win and his passion and the urgency he had every day so um, a lot of it does come down to him and his coaches Path. Does it shift expectations at all? Because, as I say, that incredible run left you top of the table. Um, as a supporter, I, it's natural for us, I say us, uh, it, it's natural for us to say, hang on a minute, we're onto something here. So does that change expectations on the pitch or is it just a case of the party line of it's one game at a time sort of thing? Uh, no, of course it changes expectation. Uh when you go eight games unbeaten, winning seven and trying one, I think we only conceded two goals as well. You know, it, it changed the expectation of what you expect from each other. We set the, the bar high. So what we expected of, from each other and each game, what we wanted, it, 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 it did change. I mean, boys would say, I mean, after eight games, no one knew what could happen. You know, we'd been fighting relegations three seasons in a row. We'd changed manager two, three weeks before the start of the season. It, it could have been anything, but as I say, the manager came in and was fantastic from day one and pushed us towards it. So, yeah, it, it did change expectation. At the same time, though, we did have to take it game by game. We knew it was a long season. We hadn't done anything at all yet. And mm. as I say, we were always going to come with ups and downs. It depend how we dealt with them. And I thought overall we dealt with them quite well and just fell short towards the end. Was there an element of luck in those that those first ten games? My my, my co-host thinks there was, but I I'm very much on the the line of you make your own luck. You know, it's one of those things. Yeah, I think 
people say we were lucky to to go through those that run at the start of the season. I don't, I don't think so. I think that it's not luck to, to go eight games unbeaten and win seven out of the eight. That's that's not luck. We we worked hard for those for those results, and we were ruthless in front of goal as well. The form of our attackers in front of goal at that, at that stage of the season it was frightening. And uh, again, like I say, it comes from no one else but the boss. The boss is coming in demanding that every day. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it was like a tool. I think we, we've got good players. Mm. Players that are, could argue people say, are, are, could play higher than this level. So, I don't think it was like a tool. I think it was it was a lot of hard work that went into those games, a lot of, a lot of sweat that went into some games. And uh, we, deserved, we deserved our eight games that we went on being and if we were a bit lucky, we deserve that as well. I guess there's always a, an element of luck in, in football, but talking about sort of the, how the season panned out, um, it sort of, sort of seemed how injuries just started to creep up. And I guess every team was was suffering from it. Obviously, Lucas Schau, I mean, he dislocated his shoulder, didn't he? And he was back within a week, which is just incredible. <laughs> yeah, Lucas, uh, no one would have thought he'd have been back after a week, however, the way he was screaming on the pitch. But... <laughs> He was, I mean, we had a lot of injuries this season. Swifty missed out virtually the, the whole season. Swifty missed three quarters of the season, and I think he was a big miss. Yak missed probably half the season. Lucas missed a big chunk of games two or three times. I mean, he dislocated the shoulder twice. All his hamstring. I mean, Liam was playing with half a foot for 10 games, getting injections every week. Um... Morrow's been injured. Uh, we've had loads of injuries throughout the squad. Mm. Players been injured. Young players had to step up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, every squad gets injuries, but I think our squad got hit hit hardest. I, I'd like to say last year with with the injuries, and we haven't got a huge squad either. Didn't sign many players, so when someone did get injured, I think the squad did feel it. I think it's quite remarkable considering the amount of injuries that popped up that both yourself and Andy Rinmotto Rin were incredibly consistent in the amount of games you played yeah um, I, don't know. I would like to play every single one I think I missed one one in the end and uh, I think we just fed off each other really well to be honest the, the energy of and I used to always say to the boys that when I see Andy running around the pitch 10 minutes in and smashing into someone or putting in a big tackle it would give me a buzz and I want to want to do the same thing I didn't want to let him down so and I'd hope that he looked across at me and, and think the same thing so um, yeah he's a very reliable character Andy and I think that spreads across the team and it definitely spread to me and it helped me out and I hope I helped him out a lot this season as well I think you two had one of the the more sort of under the radar partnerships because two defensively minded midfielders don't necessarily get the plaudits that two strikers or a winger and a striker would so how important has your your partnership with Andrew Andrew and Otto been this season? Just because, as I say, that that those two pivots in the, in the middle have been key for Reading this season. Um, yeah, I think it was big for the team. I think uh, you know, as I say, we've got a lot of ability in our squad going forward, and um, I think us two sitting in there really allowed our front four to go and attack teams and, and express themselves, knowing that they had us two behind and that would do anything to to protect our back four and, and help them go on and, and do what they're good at. And not only that, we had attacking fullbacks in Andy Eardham, Omar Richards, Tom Hearns when he played there as well. Was, he used to like to get forward. Tom Sestavez, we had attacking fullbacks. 
So I think me and Ali was important base for the team. And I think everyone knew that and would speak about us at the club and say how important we were. And uh, the manager brought me in the day before the derby game, first game of the season. And he said to me then what he expected from me and Andy. And uh, he said how important it would be for the squad. And he, he told me after 45 minutes in the derby game that I would smile um, because what he said to me would, would be true. And, uh, and he said that I'd see it in every single game this season. And he was right. He saw it early. And um, he, he let us grow with each other from early. And uh, it, it was nice that he put his trust in us. I tell you what, there's nothing I love more than a classic football shirt. I've got loads of them. A Juventus shirt, Marseille shirt, even an Antalya Sport shirt. One of the reasons I've got so many is because I can get them for a great price from classicfootballshirts.co.uk. They've got shirts for teams from all over the globe, and that, of course, includes championship clubs. So if you wanted a classic Wednesday shirt, Reading shirt or Barnsley shirt, whoever you support, they'll have something for your club. It's not just shirts either, they've also got track suits, baseball caps, socks, so much stuff. Have a look for yourself. Go to classicfootballshirts.co.uk right now. So moving on to you joining from Shrewsbury. When we spoke to Mark Bowen, he said it was the game against Liverpool that prompted him to, to get you signed up. Were you aware you were being looked at by championship clubs at that point? I know you said earlier that he was speaking to you for six six months or so. Um, yeah, I was. There was a I had, there was sort of rumours going around, and you know, like my agent, who's who's my dad, had a few contacts, a few calls, sort of before the window, that a few clubs were were looking at me and interested, asking what the situation was. And uh, Mark did ring sort of early on in Jan and said that he was interested, um, and that there was a big interest there, and that he he's watching, and that. You know, we might be able to get something over the line, but you know, nothing's ever done until it until it's done. And uh, I do think that that Liverpool game was a was a big game for me. I knew it was a big game for me. I was sort of going into that game knowing that there was a lot of clubs watching me. This is a high profile game, and you know, I sort of just rose to the occasion really, and I saw it as a chance to to get uh, an opportunity to to get to where I wanted to be, and I took it and. I'm happy it's stuck in, in Mark's mind. And um, he contacted me straight after the game saying, oh, well, well, I played. So, yeah, um, it was a big game for me, that Liverpool game. And I'm happy. Uh, I'm very fortunate that Mark was there to, to pursue me. Were you surprised by the interest from Reading? It's, it's always interesting to get the take from a, the, you know, a, a sort of a lower league um, mentality on it. Because I imagine... You know, a big a big club like Reading going down to to Shrewsbury, we don't see it as often as we that we have done in the pre in the past. We you, know, you look at the, the stereotypical ones, Jamie Vardy going to Leicester. Um, yeah, it, were you surprised that they were looking at the talent in the lower leagues? Um, surprised? No, I think clubs do look at the lower leagues, whether they take the gamble or not, or to actually do it. It's a different story, but I do think a lot of clubs do look down there. I just don't know if they take the gamble to do it. Um, so I wasn't surprised they were there looking, but I was surprised when Reading were interested because I just sort of, as you say, it's a big club. I never had heard anything about it before in recent years or months. 
So it sort of just came out of the blue. Really. I was, I remember, I was sitting at home one day by myself, and uh, I just remember something popped up on my Twitter. Someone tagged me or something. It was Mark speaking about me, and I had no idea. And I remember ringing up my dad and said, uh, "Tell my dad, have you seen this?" And as I was on the phone to my dad, someone from uh, Reading rang him. So he put down the phone. I remember that clearly. And uh, from there, really, Mark always kept in contact. And uh, real nice guy, Mark. And as I say, I'm happy he pursued me. How does the the pre contract situation work? So obviously, you were, your deal was ringing out towards the end of the season. Reading had spoken to you. Does anything get signed before the end of your contract, or is it a case of it's all verbal until you're actually on the Reading desk signing the contract? To be fair, nothing had been agreed at all. It was just just contacts really to see like whether the deal a deal could be done, or you know what what might be asking to see what my situation is or what's happening. Um, just for them to get more information about me, but nothing had been done. And uh, to be honest, I had a little, from honest, I had a little panic up because uh, obviously the pandemic hit, the season finished for League One and League Two, and then I was, I was clubless basically. A lot of interest, a lot of it went quiet for a long, long time. I didn't hear from from anyone. And the only person that did come back to, to talk to me was Mark. In the end, um, there was a few, you know, one or two that came. But not as uh, not as interested as as Mark was. So yeah, nothing had been agreed before, sort of verbally or any pre-contracts. As, as I say, one point I was worried about what was happening because I was phone <laughs> went ringing, and so, yeah, I was very grateful in the end when the window when the window opened, I was free. I'd finished that Shrewsbury. Mark Mark had contacted me again, and it got sorted out very quickly. How much of a jump has it been for you? Obviously sort of competing in League One to competing at the top end of the championship. Just what's the difference um in terms of uh well just just style, physicality. What is the the difference in stepping up? Oh, I think you have to be switched on for for ninety minutes. The the minute you could be switched off you there's a big chance you could be punished. Whether it's someone running off you or losing the ball or losing your man, just you have to be switched on for ninety minutes. And as you say, I think physically it's very demanding. There's a lot of games this season, Saturday, Wednesday. It felt like every other sleep that there was a game. <laughs> it was physically very demanding. Um, and it weren't like to say there was a game that sort of came off it physically, which is what amazed me. Every single game, no matter when it was, you had to be at, at, at top condition to, to perform and, and run your hardest because if you didn't, as I say, you'd get exposed, you'd get hurt because the other team are willing to do that. So it's a very tough, challenging league and there is a step up between the lower leagues and it is noticeable because, as you say, I don't think you get many Lucas Charles in, in the lower league doing what he does. So it is, it is a big step up and, and you do get a, a, a higher caliber of players. So it was, um, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed every game and, you know, I, I feel like I took to it quite well. So you mentioned that you were uh, well, contra- contractless, essentially. Um, obviously, the deal ran out with Shrewsbury. The, the season was curtailed quite early for League One. How did you stay fit? Obviously, you're going into... You mentioned that the need to step up and just be physically and mentally on it all the time. How did you... What 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 what, what preparations did you did you make in that free time you had before joining Reading? I was quite fortunate, to be fair. People at Shrewsbury are good people. 
the manager, everyone that, that worked at the place is very good people. So they were contacting me, sending me um, sort of a fitness program to, to do every day where I was, might have been a little bit more weak from my body. They'll give me exercises to do, telling me what runs to do. So I was quite fortunate in that part that I had a club that were, you know, so uh, so good, so good to me. But then on the, on the other hand as well, when my contract did run out at Shrewsbury, and it, the deal did get close to ready, and the first person to contact me after Mark was um, Josh Bowen, who is the sports scientist at the club. Mm. He was in all, all that fitness side. He contacted me very early and you know, gave me another program to, to do to try and get me up to speed. So uh, I was quite fortunate that both sets of club have good people that look out for their players. And, you know, uh, yeah, as I say, we had the good people at Shrewd looking out for me. And, and Josh I was very fortunate I had Josh to, to look out for me for Reading. So going to, to Shrewsbury, did you feel you really developed at, at Shrewsbury? Because it was one of the clubs that you you had a short spell at Hartlepool before. You were, had a loan spell at Bury. you are at Wigan. But it was really Shrewsbury where it looked like your career started to sort of tinker along quite nicely. Yeah, I feel, um, as you say, Hartlepool had a, a little spell and that was like a my first place I could have sort of called home at, at football. But it was only short. But I, need, I needed somewhere that I could just say, look, this is my club. This is home. This is where I play. Everyone likes me here. This is where I'm staying. I'm settled. And Shubri gave that to me. And I think, yeah, because of that, because it was a club I could call home and it was a good club with good people around it. It was run very well. It was the, the club that I could sort of showcase myself the most, but also grow as a person and a player. And they allowed me to do that. Um, the squad that day, the sort of squad that they want to recruit is sort of, everyone's sort of similar what they want so it's, it's an easy group to get on with at, at all times so yeah it was it was my place where I could call home and really develop as a player and a person and they allow me to do that and again I, it is a club that I'll forever be grateful for and I always look at results and they do and I try to keep in contact with as many players as possible from there just to see how they do and, and hope that they do well. You came through at QPR um, but then left to go to, to Brentford obviously they're quite heavy rivals Um what, how did that move come about? Because it's quite quite an interesting one. Because I think at the time, QPR fans were, were frustrated that they were losing young players, essentially. Yeah, it's a bit of a. I was in my last year at QPR, and I wasn't playing for sort of the under twenty ones at the time development squad, and I was told I could I could leave. That I wasn't gonna get anything. And very early on, so sort of like September October times, I was told, yeah, look, you can move on. So I, I had it in writing and then as crazy as football is after about a week later Les Ferdinand and Chris Ramsey came in and everything just changed I then sort of went from you can leave to you're very liked here and we want to work with you and play and again I did sort of find myself and then I just remember one day I thought that was it and I was I'm just staying here and I thought that letter was sort of ended and I remember Chris Ramsey come up to me and said to me one day, said, have you got a letter that says, you know, you, you can leave the club? And uh, I said, well, yeah, but I thought that, that was over now. Like, you guys are here. I'm happy. I thought that was over with now. I thought that's all changed. And he said, nah, you need to write back to the club to say, like, you want to stay and, and fight for your place, sort of thing. And then uh, I had no idea. And that was sort of like January times and Brentford came in and sort of, showed me a lot of interest and said to me, look, you'll be in, involved with the first team here. You'll get first team opportunity. So 
obviously that's what it's all about when you're when you're a kid you want you want to play with the first team. So I had to go back to QPR and sort of say, look, listen, like this is what's been offered to me here. I want I'd like to stay here, but if it's offered to me here, can you offer the sort of same sort of thing? And no thought of, of Les Chris, it just wasn't it was above them, obviously the the first team makes the first team manager's choice at the end of the day. So it was sort of they told me I was very light, but you know, they couldn't promise me anything, which is like a lot of youngsters, there's no mm. wrong with that at all. But it's just obviously when you have had that somewhere else and you have got somewhere else sort of offering you that making that promise, you've you've got to go with it because that's what you, that's what I wanna do. I wanted to play play football first in football somewhere. So I made the the choice to leave, a big choice to leave. And uh, uh I went through with it and did it. Do you think it uh, stood you in good stead? Because obviously some footballers can make a, a move prematurely, um, some stay and never get their opportunity, whereas yourself, you had your education, you went out and got first-team experience in, in the lower leagues and you sort of come full circle and you're back into the Championship. Yeah, I think... Um, I couldn't tell you if I moved prematurely or not because who knows, I could have stayed and you know played games on the QPR for QPR under whatever manager it was, Chris... Um, whoever's been there I could have I don't, I don't you never know um, I did learn a lot I did learn a lot and as you say I, I had to then I had to leave Brentford and go down the leagues and, and learn very quickly and grow up so you know in terms of what has happened in my career I think it has it has helped me because there was probably a, when you're a young kid you're sort of in a bubble mm. and what sort of the real world of football's like yet you just you think it's something and when you come out of that it's completely different and it can be a shock so I think I was sort of still in a, a fairy tale land and, and in this bubble and I think coming out of that was probably the best thing that happened to me because I had to grow up quick and, and sort of become a man very quick. Do you think going to the likes of Hartlepool, Barry on loan, that uh, and Swindon did that really help? Yeah, Hartlepool was as I say when I going four or five hours away from home by myself um, completely different culture completely different world it's completely different up there yeah it made me grow up very quick and the first sort of six months that I went there I, I think I only played once or twice and uh, that's when it you know it becomes a big shock to you that uh, that you're sort of fighting for a position mm. that's to be given to you and that's why I was sort of like you part of being in that bubble you just everything sort of given to you as a, as a kid when you're at, at these clubs and uh, when you go into the first team dressing room somewhere it's not given to you people are fighting for their places and fighting for their, for their families so you know it, it made me man up and realise things very quick and that it helped me out a lot there and as you say Berry Berry uh, was a big learning curve we got relegated that season and I took a lot from that season learning learning about myself you know how to be in that situation how to be around the sort of a place, what character I wanted to be, how I wanted to be as a person. So I learned a lot about myself at Barry and I'm very grateful for that, for that experience as well. Weren't a nice experience to go through at the time, mind you, but I did learn a lot from it. As a young player, how 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 much or how how does it benefit you going to these clubs and, and getting experience not only as a as a player but also as a person? Oh, I think it's massive. I think that any <clears throat> any young player that hasn't sort of playing twenty threes football or just sitting at a club, just if you've got a chance to go out, play first team football and be in a first team dressing room, be in an environment where 
people are fighting for their families and you know their job. I think they should go and do it because it's a it's the best thing for you. It's a real wake up call. And um, as I say, you've got to get out of that bubble. I mean, there's some good coaches as well. It's not me saying anything about these academies or these players. As I said, yeah, Les and Chris Ramsey were probably one of the best around and some of the best coaches I've ever had. It's just getting out in that environment and playing every week and playing in front of fans. Well, when they come back, playing in front of fans and, mm. you know, being in dressing rooms where if you make a mistake, it matters to people and it hurts people. So that, you know, you are going to get someone who, you could grab you up by your neck up the wall and yeah. face, but it's part of it. And, you know, you've got to learn quickly and, and get used to it. So I'd advise anyone, any youngster to go out and, and play first in football, no matter what level it is. Josh, it's been wonderful to chat to you today. Before we sign off, though, what can we expect from Reading next season? Hopefully another promotion pushing team that's hungry, young and energetic, just like we were this season. But, more of all, a bit more experienced and um, someone that can excite the fans again. And hopefully when we welcome the fans back in, they can get behind us and be a see first hand a team that's been even better than this season. Thanks for your time today, Josh. Thank you, Andrew. you.